It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast, presented by Fetch Me Delivery. Fetch Me uh, helping out folks in our community. They are running their Beat Bama campaign for the third year in a row. They match 100% of all donations. You can help Fetch Me Beat Bama and also get the word out. And also, they've got extended hours now starting this month. Fetch Me has launched a late-night delivery service on Friday and Saturday between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. They listen to folks, and uh, folks asked for that, and they delivered. So you can use Fetch Me 20, your promo code FetchMe20, for your first delivery free. They'll deliver pretty much anything. So just go to FetchMeDelivery.com or the free Fetch Me app. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. Zach Blackerby here with you. And I am joined in studio on this lovely Friday by Painter Sharpless and Michael Pappas. Michael, let's start with you. How are you today? I'm great, Zach. How are you? It's Friday. It is Friday, my friend. I'm doing well. And you know, we're, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time discussing the Auburn basketball matchup with Davidson. It is this evening at 5 o'clock. A lot of people will listen to this over the weekend, so I don't want to really uh, age this podcast super, um, super hard. So on Monday, we'll have a show on Veterans Day. And we'll um, we'll recap the Davidson game then. But I meant to mention this on the show yesterday. But Auburn football scheduling South Alabama for 2025. It's the first time in school history, which is a little odd to me. But another thing that's odd to me is it's the first FBS in-state opponent that Auburn will play in Jordan Hare Stadium since UAB in 1996. That's a long time. That's a long time, and you and I were discussing things, uh, you know, earlier in the in the day in regards to you know basketball and baseball. They play in state schools all the time to cut down on traveling costs and also to appeal to more of the fan base throughout the state. But football, you don't really see that a whole lot because I, I just feel like Auburn kind of probably goes into it thinking, well, we've got a lot to lose if we play Troy, if we play South Alabama. Heck, they played Jack State a few years ago, and that almost turned out to be really, really bad. But I think this is, um, I think this is fun. I think uh, maybe you'll give a chance to some Mobile folks to, to make the trek up to Auburn. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think you could really go wrong playing the teams that are in-state. Um, I, I guess maybe they want the games to be more nationally relevant but at the end of the day your you know your recruiting base is the state of Alabama so south just, alabama messed up mississippi state not too long ago they took yeah. lsu to the wire not too long ago so i mean they're uh they're not a bad team yeah and i guess that that would be the fear like you said um UAB certainly is doing big things with their coach i mean that guy's yeah, been awesome yeah that's true and in this game it looks like it's a um it's a one-game deal. It's not a, a multiple-series contract. It was like a one-game deal between Auburn and South Alabama. But in 2025, I mean, Painter, do you have any idea what you'll be doing in 2025? I mean, that's not particularly close. Are we talking South Alabama here? We sure are. I don't know what I'll be doing in 2025. I'm sure it'll be awesome. <laughs> uh, but other than that, yeah, the, the thing I'm most curious about, and Justin and a few other folks have pointed this out, is that when you look ahead, I think the teams are expecting this four-team playoff to, to be an eight-team playoff sooner than later. Okay. And we are seeing more schools beef up their non-conference schedules 
particularly Alabama and Georgia, are leading this charge? Is Auburn going to follow suit right now? Probably not when you look at the schedule. Baylor's on it. Penn State's on it in the near future. But I'm talking Cal, more, I'm, US, uh, UCLA. I'm really thinking more at the end of the 2020s, beginning of the tw- which, you know, it feels weird to be having this conversation. But I think it's an important one to be looking ahead to stay competitive, to think, you know, when we look at what the, the committee seems to have valued over the last few seasons, that's resume and strength of schedule. You can have some losses if your resume is good enough and still be in contention, usually is how the playoff committee has gone. When you look at how Auburn has handled their, the scheduling of their non-conference games over the past few years, I mean, almost to the, to the frustration of a lot of Auburn fans, they have not been afraid of playing really good opponents early in the non-conference season. That has definitely been true in the past couple of years, in particular with Clemson, and then I mean even Oregon and Washington. Washington yeah. They've both been national players in their own conferences. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Clemson though is is the one that I, I don't know when they they scheduled that if they realized how difficult of a matchup it would become. Right, right. All right. So um, we'll get to bye week talk in just a second. But three Auburn players were invited to the Senior Bowl. You know, speaking of Mobile with uh, the matchup with South Alabama. Three Auburn players invited to that later this year, the premier uh, all-star game for folks to impress NFL scouts. Marlon Davidson, Derek Brown, Prince Tega Winogo. Right now, Marlon Davidson ranked around the 10th or 11th best defensive end in this class. Derek Brown, the top defensive tackle. And Prince Tega, seeing him as high as the 5th or 6th best offensive tackle in this class. And Michael, you made the comment earlier, you expect two of the three to participate in this game. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of upside for Derek Brown. Uh, to go down to play in Mobile. I think he's, I agree. throughout this season, he's cemented himself as a top 10 pick. Um, actually, around midnight, I guess, AL.com tweeted out that uh, Derek Brown won the Outland Trophy National Player of the Month. So that's an award that goes that's to strong. the top offensive lineman and defensive lineman each month of the college football season. So Derek Brown won it for the defensive line this week. I just don't think there's a lot he can gain. And obviously, you know, God forbid he got injured during that week. Right. You know, and he's got a ton to lose. But the other two guys I think could go out and have great weeks and, and, and really prove something that we don't already know. I mean, we know Tega is just going to, I mean, wow people at the combine. He's going to so. test well, for sure. And I think, uh, Painter, what are some other seniors that you think are kind of, you know, flying under the radar from maybe a draft perspective that'll get a chance? I wouldn't be shocked if if Driscoll, Auburn's right tackle, got a chance there. Maybe some other offensive linemen, just because there's a bunch of uh, upperclassmen. But Jeremiah Denson is a guy that stands out to me. I would not be surprised if he got a look. Are there any others that that I'm possibly leaving out? Javaris Davis, possibly? Pretty much everyone I'm thinking of is going to be in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, you know, I think Driscoll's a fine name to consider as a guy that, that maybe um, jumps out, but I, I'm not banking on that one as much. I think you could see Auburn, some players in Auburn's secondary making a little noise. Other than that, though, I I don't feel too strong saying I feel like anyone in the senior class is really going to make a splash. I mean, Jarrett Stidham to some extent, did last year, mm-hmm. you know, he he. People were very pleased with the week he had down in Mobile. So it, yeah, it's possible. I don't I don't think this time last year a lot of people would have said he would have been the guy that a lot of scouts walked away with most impressed after that week. So so sure maybe maybe there's some names that I should be mentioning, but right now I don't think so. Yeah, I think Javaris Davis. I think I think scouts are going to like him. Not as a, you know a top three round guy, but I think as a guy that is certainly draftable. He's got that speed. He's got experience. He's able to change direction well. So. 
We'll see. We'll see. I, I would be shocked if only three Auburn players found them themselves playing in Mobile for the Senior Bowl what about, this offseason. What about Marquel Harrell? Sure, I think that's a good one. I mean, I, I think uh, yeah. I, I think there's a chance with a little, you know these these guys that have played D one Power Five SEC football for three or four years. I mean, that's valuable. There, I mean, there's a lot of value in that for sure. So I, I think that's a good one. I think that is a good point. He's been good in run blocking, mm-hmm. um, and and you know consistently. He, he was the one of the best linemen in the country, or one of the best offensive guards in the country in pass protection for like the first half of the season. Yeah, so I mean, we'll, we'll see. And you know, they love all those analytics and all that in the scouting process. So, yeah, possibly he gets a look as well. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get zero percent APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Looking at some recruiting action, which we kind of touched on this a little bit yesterday, but on the recruiting front, Auburn offered a quarterback Last night, Jacoby Criswell, he's a four-star dual-threat guy from Morrillton High School. That is in Arkansas. He's 6'1", 218 pounds, the number 11 dual-threat quarterback, according to the 247 Sports Composite Rankings. Currently committed to UNC, and kind of an interesting situation here. So when he was in the opening finals in Texas, he became close to Xavion Capers, who is a, a wide receiver commit for Auburn, but... He took, uh, Capers took an official visit to North Carolina last month, and it, it seems like their recruitment is kind of tied together. They seem to be pretty close. And so uh, I think that'll be interesting to see. But this comes about a week after, this offer comes about a week after Joey Gatewood left the program. So Auburn needs some quarterback depth, and they're going to try to get it here. Two things of note. One, Auburn's in a lot of recruiting battles with North Carolina, which yeah. is kind of interesting. I think a, a crossover of some staff members and that's been an interesting development. Also, uh, recruiting strategies of quarterbacks is going to be fascinating, as we've seen over the last few years, especially at big programs that are taking in those top quarterbacks. You know, you're going to have to be very strategic about how and who you go after each year, because if you get guys, I think, too close together in classification or in age, as we're seeing more and more at the top end schools it's tough for players to feel like they want to stick around for two or three years. And so it's almost like you have to go after a commitment plan to get him and then look ahead to the future and see what else is down the road. Cause I think the days of trying to just recruit the best talent at that one position where only one quarterback can really play the position might be somewhat behind us. Players are simply saying at least the most elite players I want to play right now. And a mm-hmm. lot of them, there's not, excuse me, not a lot of them, the few of them that are good enough to be in that conversation are now getting into college and they're ready to go right away. They, they, they have a good case for not wanting to sit on the bench for two seasons. Right, right. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. He would be Auburn's second quarterback in this class, but I mean, he's got a chance. He's got a chance. But you know, Michael, you and I were talking about it earlier. I mean, Mac Brown's getting it going in North Carolina. Yeah, um, I would not... I would not be confident that Auburn is going to be able to go in and and scoop this quarterback, and I wouldn't be super confident that Mac Brown is not going to come scoop this wide receiver. Um, 
Well, I mean, we, we saw it with a uh, very talented linebacker, uh, Simpson, yeah. who's, you know, from North Carolina, and he decommitted from Auburn. There's a lot of excitement about having him and Owen Papo together mm-hmm. at the linebacking core for, uh, for a few years. It currently doesn't seem like that as he decommitted from Auburn, and then he tweeted pictures of him in North Carolina jerseys. So that, that's interesting to see. Worth mentioning, I think the in-state pressure from some schools can mean a lot. Like at Auburn, I think there's a real debate about why Auburn high school students at times don't go to Auburn. But I think there's a real sense of excitement about the direction that North Carolina's program is headed under, and so there's some real excitement about players from that state sticking around in state, especially if you're not from Chapel Hill. Uh, but also, I think worth noting, Auburn is in a really good place at the linebacker position, and Simpson is going to almost certainly be a starter for North Carolina next sure. year as a freshman. He would not be for Auburn. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Looking at this weekend, obviously a, a bye week for Auburn. Auburn fo- does not have a football game this weekend, as many people listening to this, I'm sure, know. But I think it'd be interesting. Uh, you know, I've got five guys that I think benefit the most from this bye week, and I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. So I, I think you know it's kind of tied fourth and fifth as far as folks who benefit from this. I'm going to say Marlon Davidson and Jeremiah Denson. Uh, I think they probably could have played if they had to against Ole Miss if that was the Georgia or the Iron Bowl game. I think they would have played, but obviously getting rest. And then uh, it sounds like they've had uh, been back to normal as far as practicing, but they, I guess they needed some time if they weren't going to play them on Saturday. So I, I think it's good that they got some time off. So I'm going to say that they benefit from this. Um, looking at some other guys for third, I have Bo Nix. And, and Michael, when I asked you this earlier on Auburn Oblaka this morning, Bo Nix was your answer. I, I said pick one guy. You said Bo Nix. So what, what's your thought process there? I just think – for a freshman quarterback, any t- or any quarterback, really, any time where you can sit down and have a week to focus on you and get with your offensive coordinator, your quarterback's coach, you know, in Auburn's case, the head coach also probably, and and sit down and discuss with them what you're comfortable with, what you're not comfortable with, how you can improve on certain things, and and get to sit there and watch tape with, you know, wh- whomever the GAs, the, the, all the position coaches, I mean, who, whoever you're able to, just to be able to, to focus on yourself really because, you know, in a normal game week you have a day to watch the last game's film and talk about what you did right and wrong, and then you kind of have to move on and start prepping for the next game. So um, I think this could be a very beneficial week for Bo Nix before taking on, you know, two of the better teams Auburn's played this season. Painter, you got a guy that you think benefits the most from this off week for Auburn? Booby to me. That's my number two. Because he just has struggled to stay healthy. And that's a position where, you know, it's a problem for a lot of talented players, both at the college and NFL level. I think it benefits him him the most simply from a – like he's also going to have a partner now with DJ Williams who can lighten some of his load if Gus and the offensive staff choose to do that. Do you think they'll choose to do it? Yeah, you I, do. I think Booby is going to ultimately end up with more carries, and that's based on 
generally at that position, particularly Malzahn, has tended to lean on the older guys. But he has played some younger backs. He's doing that right now. Williams has been great in the opportunities had, by the way, against SEC competition. Um, but yeah, I, I think Booby probably gets a slight edge in the amount of carries so long as he's truly healthy and, and helps the team. And I think having a few weeks to rest, they haven't played him a ton yeah. in some of these, you know, that Ole Miss game. So right. that one to me seems obvious. Who are yours? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mentioned uh, Marlon Davidson, Jeremiah Denton, and Bo Nix, Booby Whitlow. My number one one is Gus Malzahn. He is 11-0 after bye weeks, and uh, obviously coming off a of bye week, taking yeah. on Georgia. I mean, th- th- does the streak come to an end? I mean, it, it, a lot of people kind of question his coaching. A lot of people question, you know, his scheme and his play calling, but... Kind of the you know something that goes across all sports. I mean, if you have more time to prepare for an opponent and you win consistently, I mean, I think that kind of proves that you're able to do the most with that. So he's 11 and 0 after bye weeks. He was 10 and 0 after bye weeks going into Arkansas, and then he beat Arkansas, obviously. So yeah, you're looking at 11 and 0 Gus Malzahn post bye week, and has usually had his teams looking decent in bowl games when they've had a lot of time to prepare too. I would say the exception being the Oklahoma game in the Sugar Bowl. And his starting quarterback that game got hurt, you exactly. know, after the first drive I think there. Oklahoma wins that game anyway, the more talented team. Auburn had, you know, eight wins going into that year. Weird SEC setup kind of allowed them to sneak into that bowl game. Well, what about what about UCF and uh, then Wisconsin when Monty Ball ran all over them? So the offense was great. I like. I think that's what we're looking at, right? And the offense was, true. was good against UCF with a, a probably still – I think Carrion was in much better condition in that game than he was a month prior. Mm-hmm. But the offense still scored more than 30 points in a loss to UCF. Was it flawless? No. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I don't blame the offense in, in 17 or in, in the bowl loss. Because, you know, you let... I mean, that, that is a good point. The Wisconsin game. I mean, you let issue, Melvin Gordon run for almost 300 yards. Yeah, he's still running in Tampa. <laughs> like, that, so, was, that was crazy. So, you know, to be fair, you could argue, well, as the head coach, you didn't have the defense ready. Like, right. And if motivation was the problem or, you know, whatever the case may be. And that's that, that we could have that conversation. But at least in those bowl games, I thought the offense did its part. Yeah. Is there anybody else do you think benefits from this week off that we didn't touch on? I mean, those are just kind of the five that came to mind. Um, do you guys have anybody else that you think is like, OK, this comes at a good time for, you know, X player, or X coach? I still think it's booby. You know, I'm thinking about the defensive line, just how physically and how well they've played. And from a general, like, you're going to need them to be great against Alabama in particular. And so just as a general, probably good timing for rest because they they played so many snaps against LSU a few weeks ago. Yeah. And, you know, this Georgia game, I think, is a critical one because Auburn's defense need not be on the field a ton because they're going to be on the field a lot against Alabama. What about uh, whoever is the backup quarterback? You think uh, you think they've kind of put more time into whoever that is? Because like, I'm not necessarily sold that it's Cord or Appleton, the walk-on. I mean, it, it seems like they'd be better. It's got to be Cord. I don't think that's totally true. I think it's likely that it might be as he is the backup, but I think it is totally plausible. You could see a guy I think it's like Booby or who DJ. played some quarterback in yeah. high school and they just run the ball a lot. Right. Right. And then you occasionally throw it. I'm not saying they will, and I know it seems weird to think, wait, you're gonna pass up the the backup quarterback. Like that's the whole reason you brought him in. But 
They didn't bring Cord Sandberg in to play. No, he was the fourth quarterback. I, he was brought in to be the number four quarterback. Well, and he was brought in to bring a professional approach as someone who'd played minor league baseball. He wants and to went, be a coach after yeah, this. Yeah, and so yeah. his— I'm sorry, can I get a, a scholarship to bring a professional attitude? If you play professional baseball, probably. <laughs> 100% probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you were elite— at something and worked hard at it for a long time and people valued your intelligence and your athleticism, then you could. Now we value some of those things from you, but not enough to give you a scholarship. (laughs) Do you have anybody else? But, but, but Um, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have asked you that yet, but yeah, I mean, going back to that though, I I do think I bet they've installed some packages for Booby Whitlow or DJ Williams in regards to like, all right, if Bo Nix goes down, you need to be able to run these plays. And I'm not saying that they're absolutely going to certainly bypass Cord. Like, there's a yeah. good chance that they do just play the guy who's the backup quarterback. But that conversation has happened, surely. Well, also, he, he doesn't have, I, I don't think, a particularly strong arm. He hasn't played the game in a competitive—I guess he's gotten in a couple of, of garbage-time snaps. So, like, you can say he's played a little bit, mm-hmm. but— um, look, I'm not saying that they would do that, but I think it's a conversation you have about if you really intended for Cord Sandberg to play against Georgia or Alabama. Michael, do you have a guy? It's fine if you don't, man. I, I think, I, don't, I mean, I Bo think Bo Nix is the only one that benefits. Well, I think you could say Nick Brahms getting to gel with the rest of the sure. offensive line for another week. You could say... I mean, I liked what you guys said about Booby, but I think you could add that if he hadn't been healthy and DJ Will, like if he didn't have this extra week and say they were playing Georgia tomorrow and DJ Williams had a really good game, Booby probably like lost his job. Mm-hmm. So I don't think he loses his job, right? But you might be right that they just continued to balance that out or even maybe shift it to Williams. But like, it's important to remember that Booby was a critical part of the offense for the last year and a half. I'm just not sold that Malzahn wants there to be a balance at running back. I just don't think he wants that. Maybe not. I mean, he's... And it's worked in the past, so I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Right. But, like, the whole, like, you know, a lot of fans are like, Mm -hmm. oh, cool, when Booby comes back, he's going to be one-two punch. It's going to be great. I'm like, I'm just not convinced that that happens. Well, and I don't know if it would be that combo either. Like, maybe it's a combination, but it's not the combo that Auburn fans want of, like, a Ronnie Brown, Cardinal Williams. It might look closer to what they had as Auburn fans in 13. Trey and Cam. Trey, which would probably be more like DJ Williams, really, and Cameron Artis Payne, who would be more like Booby. And then a guy like Sean and, and Schwartz to serve as your Corey Grant almost. Mm-hmm. I think there's that would be the split up. I would think that's more likely than DJ Williams getting 15 carries and Booby Whitlow getting 15 carries. Yeah. Michael, where can people find you and hear you? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Paintor? I'm at Paint Sharpless. And of course, you can hear the lunch break 11 to 1 on weekdays. Justin Ferguson and me, that's on the ESPN 1067 app and at ESPNAU.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.